The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. text that we'll be getting into today comes from Romans chapter 8 verses 26 through 30. Paul writes, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of God, image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. This is God's word. You know, I I don't think anyone comes to the end of their life and says, yeah, That worked out exactly like I planned it. (laughs) Right? I don't think anybody says that. I I know that certainly won't be true of me. You know, I think about right now, two and a half years ago, I had never heard of Tigard, Oregon. Never heard of it. Now it's my home. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, three, four years ago, I I never would have told you that I'd be serving in the ministry context that I'm serving in right now. You know, in all of my ministry training, I I was learning how to be a pastor in the Spanish language. I would have told you I'd be preaching and teaching in Spanish these days. (laughs) You know, I could keep keep going on and on. I could tell you how... 10, 12 years ago, I never thought I'd be married at this point. I, didn't, I wasn't sure if we were going to have kids. I could keep going. I know you could too. But, but I think you catch my drift, right? I don't think any of us would, would ever be able to make the claim that we planned things out exactly how they went in our lives. You know, this is the life truth that, that we know from experience, that life doesn't just, just roll out like, like we expect it to. It's not how life goes. You know, it's not like that, that, that old musical song. I'd be surprised if anybody knows this song, but it's a classic in my family. It's, it's a musical called Oklahoma. And there are the townspeople walking around the stage and, and they're singing, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. I think we know from experience that a lot of times life is a lot more like, Oh, what a confusing morning. Oh, what a chaotic day. I've got an anxious feeling. (laughs) Nothing is going my way. Or we could use the metaphor that 
that we've been using the last few weeks, we could talk about the thought that we often carry around in our invisible suitcase, the thought that my world is out of control. And it's into that world that the Apostle Paul steps in this text. He steps into a world where where things can so easily feel chaotic and out of control, where emotions can crest so powerfully, where where things so often it feels like, like up is down and down is up. It's into that world that Paul talks about this. He says sometimes feel, it feels so out of control that we don't even know what to pray for. It's into those emotions, into those life events, into that world that Paul then speaks an unbreakable truth. He says, even when you can't know we know. That's what he says. He says, we know, which is just an odd thing to say. It's so odd. I, I was recognizing that as I was preparing for this sermon this week. It's odd for him to say that we know. Because he just finished saying that we don't know. He just finished talking about how things can feel so chaotic and and, and emotions can can crest so powerfully that we don't even know what to pray for. And he says, we don't even know that, but we know this. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That's the truth that we supposedly already know. That's what Paul says, that we know even at the times in our lives that are so emotionally charged and so chaotic that that our prayer lives are even a logistical mess. He says, even at those moments, we know. We know, supposedly. You know, I use that, that word as a caveat, supposedly, because I want you to grapple with this. Do you know? Do you know, do you trust that God is working all things for your good? Probably four or five years ago, I had a friend that I would visit often. He didn't know. He used to know. He, he, he didn't know, though. He, he was a man who had gone through a lot and He'd gone through the most messy divorce that I'd ever heard of. And, and shortly after the divorce was finalized, he lost a child. And, and those life events had robbed from him the little faith that he had been clinging to. And it left him devoid of this knowing that the Apostle Paul talked about. This friend, he, he had seen very clearly the trajectory that, his li- that he wanted his life to take and he looked around at his life and he had seen how, how much worse it was. And so he traded in his faith in God and he traded it in for a hobby of restoring antique guitars. And he, he turned his back room into a hobby shop and I'd visit him there and, 
and I'd watch him restore these, these guitars, and we would talk, and he would resolutely avoid talking about his bitterness. He didn't know. And I'll admit to you, there have been times where I don't know, not like I should. It's because it's difficult to know. It's difficult to know. It's difficult to trust that God is working all things for our good. It's difficult. It's unnatural. It's counterintuitive to our very natures to trust that God is doing anything for us at all. You know, it's, it truly is unnatural. It has been since the fall into sin. Adam and Eve left us with a fundamental problem. And that fundamental problem is that we, by nature, don't want to trust God. We don't want to. It's unnatural, it's counterintuitive for us to to let ourselves blindly trust someone else. It's unnatural. We don't want to. We want to see all the reasons why something happens to us. We want to know about those things. And we want to sit on the judgment seat about whether or not those things were actually good. We don't want to trust that. We want to know that for ourselves. And when we can't know it, we get frustrated. It's difficult to know these things. It's difficult to trust these things. It's always something that we're going to have to fight for. You know why it's so difficult? Because the only way that we can trust that God is working all things for our good is when we trust that God is good. It's only when we can let go of trying to do it ourselves and know it ourselves that we can trust that God knows already. It's only when we can step back from wanting to be God for ourselves that we can actually let God be our God. Then we can know that God is working all things for our good. You know, it's it's kind of a cool thing that, that the Greek language has. The Greek language has two words for for knowing something. You can either know something by experience or you can know something by information that has been given to you. You know, for example, I know something by experience. I know about gravity by experience. I know from experience that if I jump off of a diving board, that gravity will pull me back into the pool and I won't keep flying up into space. And I also know from experience that if I drop my phone on its face, that the screen will crack because of gravity. And I know from experience that if I get down and do push-ups, and if is the operative word though, (laughs) if I get down and I do push-ups, I'll get tired because I know that gravity makes push-ups difficult. I know these things from experience. I've seen them. I have felt them. But I don't know this truth from experience. I know it because God has promised it. You know, I, I can't. I can't po- produce a, a sheet of data that will prove to you 
that God is working for your good. I can't do that, and that's okay. Because I'm not God, and that's okay. Because we're his children. Now, someone may come along, someone probably will come along at some point in your life and offer you this challenge. They'll come to you and say, isn't that an utterly uncritical and ignorant way of viewing life? You know, by, by having that worldview, aren't you just ignoring all of the problem of evil? Aren't you just turning a blind eye to all the suffering that people live every day of their life with? What reason do you actually have to trust that there is anything divine behind any world event ever? Now, I want you to be really open and honest with yourself. There are times in life where those arguments sound really good. You know the things in your life, you know the things in in the history of the world that seem like there can't possibly be any God in those moments. You can be really honest with yourself again. Who among us here hasn't felt that, that, that intuition di- deep inside yourself that, that tells you, you know, maybe this whole Christian worldview is bunk. I'd grant that. I understand that. I'd even agree that it would be uncritical and foolish and ignorant to believe in the way that we do except for one irrefutable historical fact, Jesus. Only Jesus. It is only Jesus that can show us that God's speciality has always been in moving in human history For our good, only Jesus, only his gospel can show that to us, can prove that to us. Just think of the events that happened in the last week of Jesus' life. Think of the way that God took Satan's murderous intent against Jesus. He took that evil, sinful desire of, of, of Satan to do away with Jesus and he, and he wove that together with the political ambition of Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate and Herod. He wove those things together also with the traitorous desire of Judas. He didn't put those things inside those people. He wove them together. And he wove all of those things together with the sin of the world, and he put them on his son to be reconciled and redeemed on his cross. He took all of those empty and meaningless and evil things and he made them make sense in his son for the forgiveness of your sins, for your redemption, for your eternal life. 
No, if there is anything that we can know as God's children, we can know that. We can know that all of human history came together and was redeemed in Christ's cross. We can know that every event, big and small, has led not just towards humanity's eternal good, but towards yours in particular. And what that means is that you don't need any other data point. You can know that God is working for your good. You can know that God's heart, God's will, is that you be with Him forever. You can know that all things work for your good. And by the way, that's macro and micro. That's huge and that's small. The things that God is working for your good, you know, it's the international events that affect your day-to-day life and it's the mundane everything that affect almost nothing. You know, it's, it's the events that, that change international policy and it's also the five red lights that made you late to work this week. It's... <laughs> It's the war that's happening in Ukraine right now. And it's the mosquito that wouldn't stop buzzing in your ear while you were on vacation this summer. It's all of those things. It's macro and micro that God is working for your good so that you can be with Him. You remember that friend I I told you about? God worked in his heart through a a traumatic, chaotic event. You know, it's not always this this dramatic, but sometimes it is. I remember one day I got a phone call from his family, and they said he's not going to make it. So I rushed to the emergency room, and I I walked into the ICU, and and I saw him there, his his face was puffed up from inflammation. There were tubes and there were wires everywhere. His face was puffed up to the point where he couldn't open his eyes really. And, and I sat down next to him and I told him I was there and I told him gently, I squeezed his hand and said, Jesus loves you. And I watched a tear leak out of his eye and he said, I know. We will trust God's promise until we don't have to anymore. Because there will be a time where we don't have to trust anymore because we're going to see it with our own eyes. We are going to see how all of this happened when we get to heaven. We're going to see all the ways that God worked in our lives for our good. We're going to see it. You know, there's a, there's a story of a Christian pastor who, who sat with his people and his people were asking him, Pastor, why do all these hard things happen to us? And, and he sat back and, and he wondered out loud. He said, I wonder whether if in heaven, I don't think we're going to ask why. I just don't think we're going to do that. I think instead we're just going to say thank you. Thank you, Lord for guiding my life so that I could know you. 
I will see in heaven. I will see why I not only didn't need to, but why I couldn't know why things happened the way they did. I will see how every war and how every mosquito bite was God guiding my life for my eternal good. I will see how my world was always in his control. And until then, I will live by faith. Not in an ignorant, unknowing, uncritical faith, but a faith that is based on Jesus' cross. The one proof that I need so that I can know that God has been working all things for my eternal good. I don't need to know why I ended up in Tigard. I know it's good. I don't need to know why, why I'm not doing Spanish ministry right now. I know it's really good. I don't need to know why I have the struggles that I have. I don't need to know why my life is turning out the way it is because I know it's good. I know that it's good enough. It's more than good enough to be God's child. I know that it's more than good enough to be trusting. I know that it's more than good enough to have packed into my invisible suitcase the thought, my world is quite literally in the palm of my Father's hand. <laughs>